Every child deserves a bright start. The CFL Education Plan offers clients an affordable plan to help them prepare for their child's future. In this podcast, we will discuss the specifics of the CFL Education Plan and how it can benefit you to ensure that your child has the best chance at a positive future. We will be discussing the underlying investments of the plan and how the plan can be tailored to work for you. Hello, my name is Mrs. Claudia Thompson and I am a Client Relationship Officer and Pension Administrator with CFAL and I will be hosting this episode entitled The CFAL Education Plan, Ensuring Your Child's Future. I am joined in studio with our expert Mr. Richard Pinder, Operations Supervisor at CFAL. Mr. Pinder deals directly with clients on a daily basis and is an expert on CFAL's products. He enjoys working with clients and helping them to reach their financial goals. So let's get right into it. Richard, we recently rebranded and relaunched the CFAL Education Plan. We used to call it the CFAL Advantage College Savings Plan, and now it's under the new name, the CFAL Education Plan. What changed and why? Sure. So first of all, hello, Claudia. I'm so happy to join you here today on this podcast to talk about the rebranding of the CFAL Education Plan. Well, as you mentioned, uh, we changed the name really because we noticed, of course, that when we were trying to make it more familiar with our audience and our clients, the name was a bit long. And so we wanted to kind of shorten it so to make it easier for persons to remember. So that's one of the reasons we rebranded. And also, we wanted to change it just to give a different feel of what the product is really for. Because it's not only for college. We recognize in this environment, as time goes goes on, that a lot of persons, a lot of children, as they get older, they're not necessarily going to college per se, but they're doing different things in terms of advancing their career. And so we wanted to call it an education plan because there are various types of education that you can do once you've graduated high school. Uh, so... We wanted to make it easier for persons to remember, and we wanted to ensure that we covered everybody and not just those going going to college. So that's kind of why we rebranded and, and gave it a new name. So what about clients who are currently in the plan, and they know it as the Advantage Plan? Does anything change for them, would you say? No, nothing changes at all. Everything about the plan remains the same. When they call in, they just, once again, they just give it, give it a nice short name. I'm calling about the education plan. They don't have to remember the long name. And of course, once they see their statements online or they log into our website, they're going to see the new name, the CFAL education plan, but nothing else changes. All the rules, the things that they've come to love about the plan, all of those things remain the same. So just really on their statements, they'll see a name change. That's it. Just a name change. It. Nothing else changes. So if I wanted to start a plan, how much money would um, a client need in order to begin the CFAL education plan? Absolutely. So, of course, what we wanted to do, we wanted to make it affordable, of course, firstly. And so we decided that a good starting point for anybody to start the education plan would be $250. But, of course, at CFAL, we never limit you as to how much you can do. And so $250 is the minimum. But, of course, it's, it's open up to any amount that you want to start with. As long as it's something that you can attain and something you can afford to do, please, we recommend that you put as much as you can into it. But 250 is the minimum that you can open it with. And are there required monthly payments? Sure. So at CFAL, we always, uh, when we talk to clients, we always make the joke that no one at CFAL is going to call you every month. We're not going to send you an email. We're not going to track you down. So the onus is on you as the investor, the individual person opening the education plan to put money into the plan. We recommend that you put a minimum of 100 per month. But of course, like I said, no one's going to run you down. The onus is on you to make the contributions to your plan. 
So you're not going to call me every month and remind me? No, ma'am, we're not going to call you every month. So the best way, and let me put a plug in, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about it later, but a good way to do it is to set it up where you kind of pay yourself first. And so paying into this plan would be good for your children. And so if you can set it up where it's either a salary deduction or you set it up with your bank where it makes the, the transfer for you every month, that would help you to remember. Okay, I think I'll start with a reminder in my phone and yes, see how it goes please, from there. because we're not going to call you. No, ma'am. So when the client sets up the plan, is it in the client's name? Is it in the child's name? How does that work? Yes, yeah, so we get this question a lot. The, the main thing about it is that first and foremost, those children are not paying any bills. So of course, it's not in their name. Another legal reason is they're not 18, so they can't have any accounts in their name. So the account would always be in the parent or the guardian's name. So no, the, the account cannot be in the child's name. Some of the documents that you need to open the account, we recommend that we get passport, driver's license or NIB, and proof of address for the persons opening the account. And then of course, we're going to, going to need the passport for the child or the children as well. So you need a copy of the child's document as well? Absolutely. We need, because they're the beneficiary on the account, and we want to ensure that whoever the plan's beneficiary is, we have ID for that person. We want to make sure that we have a passport or birth certificate for that child. So if the child's a beneficiary on the account and something happens to the adult before the child is 18, what happens to the money in that plan? Very good question. So at CFAR, what we believe is that, of course, we're going to, we want to ensure that the main reason that you open the account, whether it be education, tertiary, whatever form of career advancement for the child, we want to make sure that that's in place no matter what happens to you as the adult. So God forbid something happens to you as their parent or guardian, CFAR will hold that money until they are 18. And very importantly, what we're going to be doing in that time, in that meantime, your account will continue to earn interest. So whatever the value of the plan is at the time of, of passing or the last contribution you made, it will continue to earn interest until the child is 18. And so once they turn 18, then we'll go from there. But the main thing is that CFI will hold it, gaining interest until the child turns 18. So the account doesn't go dormant or anything? No, the, the account doesn't go dormant. It doesn't sure? go dormant. It doesn't <laughs> accrue any fees or anything like that. No, the account is continuing to accrue interest. So that's a good thing about CFAR's plan as well because we recognize, of course, that anything can happen. And that's also why we put the child as a beneficiary and get ID for them. Just in case, God forbid, something happens, we know who, who the next person is, who, should, who can get the money from the fund. So that's, that's, that's what happens to the funds if, God forbid, something happens to you as the parent. Okay, so clients can name an adult also as a beneficiary or only a child? Yes, of course, there are guardians of, of the children. So, of course, you can name them as the, as the trustee on the account, but the child is always the beneficiary because the main reason behind this product is for an education plan. And so that's always going to be your child, your children, godchildren, grandchildren, but it's always going to be someone under 18. So you can't have a trustee on the account because, of course, life is uncertain and we never know. So if you want to put a trustee there just as a third party, you can. But of course, the trustee, the, the trustee will only be acting on the behalf of that child and they would own, the, the child would be the beneficiary. So that brings up a good point also. Can an adult open it for only for a child or a grandchild or do, can it be a niece or a nephew or does it have to be your own child or your own child? Oh, absolutely. We at CFAL, we recommend you open it for any child that you love. And so it can be niece, nephew, godchild, grandchild, doesn't matter to us at all. Neighbor's child, 
<laughs> just make sure I get the parents' permission. The but right neighbors, right? Yeah, make sure you get the parents' permission. But yes, it can be any child in your care. Whether you're their guardian, could be adopted children, doesn't matter. Once you once you're a guardian for that child, you can open their account. The only thing that be asked is of course if it's not your child, make sure that you have some permission or make sure that the parents are aware of the product because in any event something happens, the parents may need to be contacted for whatever reason. So make sure that there is some kind of communication with their parents. But yes, you can open it for you can open it for any child or any loved one that you have that's under eighteen. Absolutely. So without getting too technical, Richard, can you discuss what having an adult named as a trustee for a child means? Does that mean that the trustee has access to the money if the child is under the age of 18? Yes. So as I said, the main premise behind the product is education. And so we want to ensure that the child's education is paid for and taken care of. God forbid something happens to you. And that's the main purpose that you put the trustee there to look out for the best interest of the child. So what we recommend at CFAL is that if you have the education plan, the trustee or the beneficiary cannot access the money without it being reason for the child's education, whether it be a school fee or something related to that. And of course, we don't necessarily have to have proof, but what we would recommend is that you have some uh, documentation showing that this is why we need to take that money out, because of course, we're looking out for the best interest of the child. And the parent had took out the product. The main premise was to make sure that it went to some educational fund. So of course, they can move the money, but of course, it would need to be, there would need to be some showing of proof as to why the money needs to be moved before the child is 18, because as I said earlier, the child isn't able to touch the money until the 18. So if there is going to be movement or withdrawal from the fund, there needs to be some kind of evidence as to why. So you would say if you name a trustee, you have to really trust them. Or Absolutely. It's Absolutely. probably best not to Random name someone persons. and just no. leave it until they're 18. No, this, right? this guardian or this trustee for your child would have to be someone who understands, they, like you said, they, someone you've had to have a conversation with prior to, okay, look, guardian, trustee, I'm opening this education plan for my child. God forbid something happens to me. This is the purpose of it. And of course, if something happens early and that's why we're rebounding it now and you have to pay school fees or something, high school, whatever the case may be, then that can be used for that purpose. But definitely, as the, the, the name states, trustee would mean someone you trust <laughs> with your child's best interest. Absolutely. So have you seen instances like that where the trustees come and have to, you know, take over? Yes. the plan and really help with the child's education? Yes, yeah, so we've had situations where uh, unfortunately persons have passed and they have left monies for children and so we've set it up in the plan where they only can use it for educational purposes. And so we've definitely have situations like that now where persons have set up their education plan for kids or for kids who have passed from family members, whether it be a brother or sister, whatever the case may be. And of course, they are looking out for the best interest of the child and fulfilling the parents' wishes. So they open the education plan so the child can be taken care of. So yes, we have, have seen situations like that. And just closely monitored. Absolutely. Closely monitored. They have multiple signatories on it to make sure that it's only used for educational purposes. So let's say someone starts out strong with the plan and they start out, you know, they put in $1,000, not the two fifty, dollars and they, yes. they're making their monthly payments and then something... Like COVID happens, yes. and they can't make their payments. Yes. Um, is there a penalty for missing these payments? How does that work? So absolutely, once again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. There are no penalties or fees. Let me clarify that. There are no penalties or fees. 
At CFAL, we believe in putting the onus on the client to ensure that your product reaches its goal. So once again, we're not going to call you. We're not going to email you. If you miss a payment, you've missed a payment. You can, of course, make it up later by adding more later on down the road. But no, there's no penalties. There's no fees associated with missing a month. But we that's why we ask you to try as to stay as consistent as possible for as long as you can because things do happen and you may miss a month for whatever reason, but at least the funds would be already in the account growing and earning value. So no, there is no penalty or fee. That's good to know. So just as soon as they get another job or... Right, exactly. You can continue to pick pick up where you left off, but in the meantime, the account would still be earning interest. So at least your account would still be getting some value even if you're not adding to it at that time for whatever reason. So you mentioned that it continues to earn interest even if I'm not making payments. How often is interest posted on those accounts? Absolutely. So the beauty of of the accounts at CFAL is we give our clients online access. So you're able to see your account growing. You're able to see whatever you're contributing to the plan. And of course, what CFAL is adding to the plan as well. And so what we do is we add interest to the account every month. That's known as compounding interest. So you get a little bit of interest added to your account each month. So that's the good, another good value of adding to the plan each month because the more you put into it, the more it continues to grow and the more you get out of it at the end of the day. So you can essentially earn interest on interest. On interest, absolutely. Earning interest on interest. That's why we encourage you to make as much uh, contributions as you can. Every little bit counts. Even if you only can do the minimum of 100, do it as often as you can. Over time, it'll build up. Over time, it will continue to compound and grow in value. So this question, I think I've heard you get this quite a lot from clients. So does CFAL match my client payments? Uh, The answer to that is no. CFAL does not match payments. That plan that you're referring to is a contribution match, and that only refers to a pension plan. And CFAL doesn't do that. Your employer would be the person doing that. So no, CFAL does not match client payments. We ensure that your your funds that you're contributing to the plan earn interest. That is our responsibility to make sure your money is working for you. But no, we do not match client payments. Okay, understood. So that's more of a pension. That's more of a pension plan. So how does my money grow? I know we talked about the compounding interest, but how is it invested? What, What is it invested in? Sure. So let's talk a little bit about the investment strategies. And what these investment strategies does is it allows persons to choose between three options. Of course, we as Bahamians, we like our options. And so we want to make sure that we make persons comfortable with the investment strategy that they choose. Persons can be conservative. And what that means is they don't want to take a lot of risk. That's fine. We have what's known as the bond fund option. And so the bond fund interest can range anywhere from three and a half to five percent. And if you want to stay conservative for the entirety of the the program or the plan, that's fine. You have an option to choose on an annual basis which option you want. So if you want to stay with one option, you can. If you want to change, you can change annually. Uh, The second option is the balance fund, which is more moderate. Um, Of course, this one is a little bit more risky because of its investment in the stock market. So the interest can fluctuate a little bit more let's say between 2 to 6% per year. Now, when you say the stock market, do you mean the local stock market? Absolutely, the okay. local stock market. Not the U.S. stock market. No, okay. because that would be aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we're definitely in the local market for the balance fund. And then you have the target rate, which is a set fund. It's currently it's tied to prime, and the current rate is 4.5%. So you have three options. Once again, you have the bond fund, 
you have the balance fund, and you have the target fund. You don't have to choose one of these options. You can choose either option. You can choose a combination of the three options, or you can choose one by themselves. And like I said, you can choose that annually if you if you want to change it, or you can do the age based uh, based on the age of the child. If you want to be more moderate or take a little bit more risk when they're younger, and then as they get older, you can change over to the bond or the target rate. So that's an option as well. So the target is low risk as well. The target is conservative as well. Absolutely. Sounds like some good options. Yes, they are. And I think most clients, would you say, are more risk averse, or do they like to take risks? Oh. With this plan, probably not. Right? Bahamians are definitely risk averse oh, in general. Yeah. So anything risky, they uh, they kind of shy away from. But like I said, if the child is younger, that would be the time to take a little bit more risk because they have more time, what we call time horizon, to make up any loss if, if the market, for whatever reason, does, or the balance one itself doesn't do as well. They have more time to make that up. But of course, that's why we give you the option if you don't want to do that at all. So that leads me to my next question. If I wanted to start saving for my child now, let's say I didn't get to start when they were younger, like three or four. My mm-hmm. child is now 12. Mm-hmm. Is it still worth it? Because I only have a few years before they'll be going off to college or starting a business or working. What would you advise? Is it really still worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always worth it. As long as they're not 18, as long as they haven't graduated high school, it's always worth it. Now, unfortunately, what it may mean is you may have to be more aggressive in how you contribute to the plan. It may mean that you have to put more money initially into the plan that than normally or if they were younger. But there's always time because what we have seen is that it's called, as we talked about with the compounding interest, five years, three years, that time makes a difference. And with the cost of school and how much everything is, all of the fees associated with that, every little bit counts. And so even if they're 12, as you, as you mentioned in the question, or even if they're a little bit older, you still have time to at least start doing something. It just may mean you have to be more aggressive with how you're contributing or how much you're injecting into the plan over a period of time. But of course, the more you put into it, the better it is for you. But it's, it's never too late as long as they haven't graduated. So how long after turning 18 would someone have to access the funds in the education plan? Is there a specific window of time for them to claim these funds? Absolutely. So at CFILB, we don't like to dictate what you're going to do with your money. It's your money that you have invested. We're hoping that, of course, it's an education plan, so it goes towards that. But there is no time frame where you can access the funds. Of course, once they turn 18 or graduate high school, that would be the time to come and say, see, file, here's what I'd like to do with my money. You can either close out the plan in its entirety and get a lump sum, or you can transfer it over to a different plan, whether it be our mutual funds individually or a savings plan for the, for the young adult at that point, and they can start investing for themselves, or you can cl- and, and you get a portion of it. But it's up to you at that time. But there's no time frame or window. The beauty of the plan at CFAL is it always, it's always earning interest. So would you say someone has ever been in the plan who has a child who's 30 and still living at home? Definitely not. <laughs> um, persons always remember where they put their money when it's time to get it. That's for sure. So we've never had a situation where someone forgot that they put money there for their Are child. Are you sure? Definitely. Are you sure? I'm they, very nobody sure. Nobody forgets money. I'm very sure. Without even looking, I can say I'm very sure. <laughs> <laughs> nobody generally forgets they put money there for their child. So you talked a little bit about how you would pay out the funds. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about how funds are distributed. Is there a certain amount released per year based on the amount of money in the fund, or 
like say you don't choose a lump sum, you wanted to get payments, is there some type of option that we can do or do you normally see clients that just close it out and take the lump sum payment? What, what do they usually do? So there is an option where you can make withdrawals from the, from the plan, up to three withdrawals per year. But generally we have seen that person, of course, once they graduate or turn 18, persons make a decision, I'm gonna take either close it out completely and get the lump sum, because of course they wanna use the funds for the education of their child. Or some persons do, you know, some children do some other things in terms of either taking a year off or they go to start work right away. So they use some funds for that particular purpose and then they just transfer the funds to a different product. But mostly we've seen persons take the lump sum and go ahead and use it for education for the child. But there is an option that you can withdraw from the fund up to three times per year. And what the the main premise behind that is we don't want you to do that unless you are using it for something educational. But there are there are there are no maximums that you can do on that as well. So what will happen to the funds if a child decides for whatever reason not to go to college they and they want to start a business? That's not a problem, is it? Yes. So let me say this um, to all our listeners. Once again, you are the owner of the money, parents. The child has not put any money into this account. Well, whatever they decide to do is a conversation between you and that child. You as a parent have the final say because, of course, you are the person that opened the account. So if a child decides for whatever reason, hey, I don't want to go to college, I want to start work, I want to do something else, that's not a problem. You as the parent would have to have that conversation with them and decide if you're going to invest in them in that way because the whole premise is investing in their career and their future. But so you as the parent would have to determine if that's how you're going to allocate that money or if you're going to close it and invest in something for yourself. But it's definitely not up to the child. Um, it's up to you as the parent or the, the guardian to determine what happens to that money. And there's no penalty or anything if it's not used for education. There's no the, penalty. The parent is like, okay, my child is not going to college, but so I'm going to use this money for XYZ. For XYZ, absolutely. It's your money. That's the main premise behind our education plan. We don't put any stipulation in terms of where the money can go or who it can be paid to. Once it goes to the, the owner of the account, that's fine by us. So if the child decides for whatever reason, again, not to go to school, it's your money. You can use it for whatever purposes you determine. But in your experience, what do you see clients use it for? Is it usually for education or have you seen cases where they use it for other things? Things didn't work out, you know? Yes. What do you see? Yeah. So in my experience, it's kind of been a mixed bag. Um, We've had situations where for whatever reason, the child did not go to school and they decided to go to work. Um, we've even seen situations where the child made other decisions in terms of what their career path wanted to be. And the parent decided, once again, for a difference of opinion, difference of opinion, they weren't going to fund that particular career path. So they decided that they were just going to use the money for themselves or to do something else. And they invested in another product. Uh, but generally, yes, we, most parents uh, do use it for some sort of advancement of their child's career or future goals. In some, in some way, whether it be college or something else of that nature. So Richard, are there any circumstances in which clients can lose money that they put into the education plan? 
So what we've seen in the past, and that's across the board in any product that you choose with CFAL, especially if you choose a product like the balanced one that we talked about earlier, you may experience loss in the first couple of months, especially in the current economy where the balanced one is not performing as well as we would like it to. And of course, the current value of the stock market is decreasing and it's not performing well. So in the first couple of months, there may be losses on your account per se. But of course, as I mentioned, the balanced one is a long-term strategy. So over time, the account will continue to earn interest. So definitely that's why we say the balance one is for those persons that want to take a little bit more risk and moderate and have a longer time horizon because losses can't happen in the short term, especially when you're just opening the plan. Losses can't happen, especially in the current environment where the balance one is not performing as well because of the stock market. So losses can't happen, but of course, that doesn't mean or that shouldn't discourage you from choosing that option because if you have a longer time horizon, you would more than make that up, especially if you continue to contribute to the plan. So the idea is that you would make it up later, even though the idea is that you would make it up short term. Exactly, because the economy always bounces back. The balance fund would always bounce back. Absolutely. And it would only be for the first couple of months or so, because the balance fund itself has never been negative over an annual period. So you would make that back up over the next few months. Absolutely. Sounds good. So let's talk about fees. So how does the plan earn money? You know, you said there's no penalties, there's no fees if I want to withdraw. But, you know, how does the plan earn money then? I've never heard of a plan that doesn't yes, have fees. Yes, yes. Persons ask for this breakdown yeah, all the time. Yes. So pretty much in its simplest form, the education plan is invested, of course, in the three options that we mentioned, the three investment strategies. Those strategies are mutual funds, and those mutual funds pays the expenses. So all of your monies are invested through our mutual fund products, and those mutual funds themselves pay their own expenses. So that's why we're, we at CFAL are, not, are able to not charge you as the client if you're in the education plan. So one of the benefits that we want to give you is maximizing your money. And one way, one way that we do that is to not charge you, but rather to allow the mutual funds that you're invested in to pay the funds on your behalf. So you never see a charge charge directly to your account. Okay, so the mutual fund has its own built-in fees. Has its own built-in fee structure okay. where fees are paid through that mutual fund itself and not directly from the client's funds. So once again, once you, when you look at your online access or in your statement, you'll only see your contribution and the interest that it's earned. Okay, so it won't be like my bank statement where I see $20? No, th- no monthly, no annual month. fees, <laughs> no transaction fees, none of the above. Okay, okay. No initial know, setup fee, none of that. No withdrawal fees? No. Okay. None okay. of that as I well. I just want to make sure. So if a client has three children, let's say, should they open one account for each child or should they open one account and name all of the children as equal beneficiaries? What would you recommend? Yes, so actually we had this conversation the other day when we were discussing a bit some clients. Now, of course, in this current environment, I would always say to, or in any environment for that matter, I would always say do what's best for you as the the parent or the guardian. But of course, we would recommend that you open an account for each child that you have or that you want to open open an education plan for. The reason being is this. Think about it simply in terms of this. If you have one child that's 10 and one child that's 5, of course, the 10-year-old is going to be five years ahead. Think about the amount of money and interest that you would have earned in that five-year span. So once they graduate or they turn 18, you would be withdrawing a large portion of the, even if it's equal, you would be withdrawing a large portion of money from the fund. 
And that can disadvantage the five-year-old, even though they have five more years to make it up. But in its basic premise, you would be withdrawing a large amount of value from the fund itself. And so we don't want that child to be disadvantaged. We don't want them to not be able to do certain things that you had planned because, of course, the 10-year-old in this example withdrew a large sum five years ahead of them. And so it'd be better for everyone if we can differentiate and have a different account for each child so everyone is earning their own value and have their own account set up. So we always say it's, of course, it's up to you and what you're financially able to do. But if you can, definitely have different accounts for each child simply because it would allow them to have their own value. And when they're ready, every child has their own account and you don't have to worry about trying to separate and do it equally and so forth because one child is definitely, when you look at the account after you've done that withdrawal for the first child, it's definitely going to look a lot less for the second child, even if you have time to make it up. The premise is anything can happen. And so you don't want to disadvantage that second or third child. And then, of course, they have less money to work with once they graduate. So if you can, the best thing to do would be to open up a different account. But of course, if you're not financially able, opening one account, at least it gives them something to work with. So it just depends on your situation. But we recommend that you open a, open a separate account for each child. Absolutely. So thank you, Richard, for your valuable insight and for such an informative discussion on the CFAL education plan. For 23 years, CFAL has helped Bahamian families save and invest to support the education needs of their children because CFAL believes that knowledge is power. Thank you, our audience, for listening. We at CFAL hope that you and yours are keeping safe and adhering to all of the COVID-19 safety protocols. Please do subscribe to the CFAL Talks podcast on Google or Apple for more thought-provoking discussions on important issues affecting the Bahamian economy. The CFAL Talks podcast would love to hear from you, our listeners, on what financial topics you would like to hear our experts discuss. Please send your suggestions to info at cfal.com or post on our Facebook page or on our website, www.cfal.com.